Welcome to the Food for Your Soul podcast, where we apply the Word of God to the hearts of men and women to stoke the fires of your delight in Christ. Here's your host, Dr. D. Richard Ferguson. Okay, so you're, what you're saying is if you, if, you're, if you sin against God, but you don't feel crushed, then you know, what do you do in that case? But I've had that happen so many times. I'll, I'll sin and I'm asking God's forgiveness and I'll say, well... Repentance, Psalm 51. I'll open up 51 and it says, Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. And I start to pray that and I'm like, uh, My bones aren't really crushed. I don't feel crushed. I actually feel fine. Uh, I just kind of have a little bit of regret, you know. Then I close Psalm 51 and I open James 4. I don't want to just pretend that I'm crushed. I want to I be crushed. And so if it's some egregious thing that I've done against God, I want to get to the point where... My heart wakes up and says, takes this seriously. And so I'll spend a little time in James 4. And I'll, uh, you know, Scripture talks about afflicting your own soul. And sometimes people will do that with fasting. That's one of the functions of fasting. Not to punish yourself. We don't ever try to punish ourselves. Or that's a, that'll never work. That's a, not, not a good strategy for overcoming sin. Um, punishing yourself. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, Opening your eyes to what's happened with your relationship with God. And if you love God and something's happened to that, then that should cause sorrow. And if there's no sorrow, I need to wake up to it and become alert to it. And so, so I spend time thinking about that and what I've done to offend God and, and how severe and how serious it is until I do feel that sorrow. Then I can go to Psalm 51 and then he restores the joy and it means something to me. And that generates love for God. But if he forgives something that... I don't feel like was any big deal, that's not going to cause me to love him very much, right? Because he who has been forgiven much loves much. He who's been forgiven little loves little. If I feel like it's a little thing and then I ask forgiveness and he forgives me, then I'm going to love God a little bit. So I need to get to where I take the sin seriously. So I think you can afflict your soul with passages like James 4, with fasting, with spending time in the law, looking at God's law, all of that. No, I don't think we need to get to the point of being crushed in, in sackcloth and ashes over every single sin because uh, we sin moment by moment. Every moment we're falling. I mean, I was just sitting there singing praises to God, and I'm like enraptured with God, and all of a sudden uh, something happened with the slide, and I'm distracted, and uh, God's the last thing on my mind. That's, that's sin. If I love God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, I wouldn't be so easily distracted. So do I need to just have this huge, you know, two weeks of mourning and grieving over that? No, there's, there's, there's some things that, it's just like any other relationship. There's some things that are smaller, uh, have a smaller effect on your intimacy, and they can be, it's just a matter of saying, please forgive me, Lord. And there's other things that have a bigger effect. And I would say, those things that you find yourself not really having victory over, they might be the things that are, they should be in the big category in your mind instead of the small category. So... Okay, that's a great, great question. So you, 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 maybe you're married to somebody who's more emotional than you are or whatever, and you, they come and they say, man, I just, I just really experienced God's presence today, and it was so moving. You're just like, yeah, me too. Like 14 years ago it happened to me, you know, on top of a mountain once. And, and they're having it like every day. That was me. I mean, that's, my, that's been, my, been my life until about 2005 when God really crushed me to pieces and I was forced to find a way to experience his presence. The long answer to that question is the whole Loving God series. That whole Loving God sermon series is what he taught me in, at that time. 
And it's all about how to get from someone who's just analytical uh, to someone who can actually feel and enjoy the presence of God. The short answer is to feel God's presence emotionally means to experience his attributes. And we experience his attributes all the time. For example, one of his attributes is he's wise and he's a self-revealing God, right? He's self-revealing. So he teaches us. That's one of his attributes. So if I open up the Bible... And I'm reading it, and I'm not getting it, I'm not getting it, it's not really... And all of a sudden something, oh, oh, I see it, I see it, I love it, I I love this. And and it makes sense to me, and it's like, lights are going on. In the past, in my life, I would just say, I finally did enough research and figured it out, you know. Now, I'm alert to, oh, what just happened here is the Holy Spirit is right here. He's right here, and I just experienced one of his attributes, the self-revealing attribute. He just opened my eyes. I love you too, God. And that kind of interaction, just noticing his attributes, being alert to him, aware to him, and, and enjoying them, and realizing those are actual experiences of his presence. It's not something weird, mystical, strange, you know, bizarre kind of uh, experiencing the presence of God. It's just a matter of experiencing his attributes, which happens many, many times a day if we're just alert to his attributes. That's why we emphasize his attributes so much. So I'll drop it there before I get into that whole sermon series. <laughs> Was there another? Okay, Ken. Yeah, yeah, you can get so you, I mean, if you're one of those emotional people, you got to watch out because if you don't have it connected with doctrine and theology, that you can go all kinds of wacky things, which is, happens in certain circles of, of certain churches where they, they get into all kinds of bizarre stuff because they, they have these emotions and the emotions aren't coming from God, they're coming from music or, you know, whatever. And, and so they get into all kinds of error. So we got to, the, the emotional folks, they've got a great advantage, but they got a disadvantage because they need to work to kind of connect back up with truth. The truth people have a big advantage, but they have a disadvantage because they got to work to realize that the purpose of the truth, it's, it's we're trying to not just get information, but we get from information to insight, but then that's not enough either. We need to get from insight to intimacy, and that's what the truth is for. Thank you for listening. If you found today's episode edifying, Why not share it with a friend? This season of the Food for Your Soul podcast features excerpts from our sermon series on the book of Philippians, 50 expository sermons covering every verse. You can find those and hundreds of other sermons for free download on drichardferguson.com. Until next time, rejoice in the Lord always and set your mind on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God.